Every so often, someone will come and, and visit, or I'll, I'll run into somebody who will say something like this, because they're unhappy at their old church. And they'll say something like, yeah, I just wasn't getting fed there. And I look at them, and, and I understand what they, I think I understand what they mean, because sometimes, you know, unfortunately, in churches, we get away from preaching the word, and we start teaching about, uh, you know, just really inspirational stuff that sounds good, but they're not, they're saying, hey, you know, maybe, maybe their pastor isn't teaching the word, but that's typically not what's happening when people say that, and, and something on the inside of me that it's not always that, uh, it's not always spiritual or godly, and it wants to respond along these lines when I hear that. It's, oh, poor baby, you know, like, because who needs to be fed? Babies need to be fed, so are you telling me you're a baby? Like, you weren't getting fed? Come on, you don't know how to feed yourself? But I don't say that, so, you know, because I know that wouldn't be kind and pastorally or something to, to talk like that. But the reality is there's, there's pretty much two groups of people who can't feed themselves. One is a baby and someone else who would say, it, maybe they're physically limited or, or handicapped or injured or something, they couldn't feed themselves. And so in those situations, you need someone to feed you. But if you're depending on a man or woman to feed you spiritually once a week and you think that's all you need, you're going to starve. You're going to go hungry. It's sort of like my kids. I mean, when they got to the point where they can uh, feed themselves, that was a, a beautiful thing. But even still, some of my kids will open up the refrigerator and stare at it. Though it's full of food, there's nothing to eat. Why is that? Because I just like it when mom cooks and mom feeds me. Like they expect to open it up and it falls out hot on their plate. And then they just start eating. That's the best. That's the best right there when someone else feeds you. But there comes a time in life if you want to live and do well in life and survive and thrive, you have to feed yourself. And that's why I really do, you know, I, I understand what people are saying. Hey, they want, they want to be taught more or whatever. And, and that's great. And, and by the way, the quality of preaching has a lot more to do, and the power, the impact of the te- teaching has a lot more to do with the, the desire and hunger of the, the hearer than you may think. If you are desperate for a word from God, don't ever blame the preacher for not bringing it. You sit there and say, God, I am not going to waste my time coming to that church if you don't give them a word. So God, give them a word, right? Pray for me. I say that because I take time to seek the Lord, but man, I, I, I love your prayer saying, God, talk to him to talk to us, right? And so pray for your preachers, pray for pastors everywhere, and that God would speak to them. Do that, and you come hungry expecting. I guarantee you'll get something from the Lord. You'll get something from a boring old speaker too. Somebody like, like the peanuts, you know, teacher. You'll get something out of it if you come hungry. You come hungry. But the best thing I can do is, is, is help us to daily learn how to feed ourselves and spend time with the Lord. Because if you can do that, if you can do that, you'll become solid. Now, if the scripture says it's not in man to direct his own path, his steps, well, where is it? Where is it? Well, there's verses that God's already told us that you're probably even familiar with, like Proverbs t- chapter 3. Turn in your Bible there with me, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Some of you even have it memorized, where it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, right? And lean not on your own understanding, Don't lean on what you know, your experience, your insight, what you can figure out. Don't lean on that because that's going to give way. He said, but in all your ways, acknowledge him 
and he shall direct your paths. So we may not have it on the inside of us, but we know where to find it. And he said, you trust in him with everything you've got. Don't trust in your own senses, the way you figure it, what Google says, what social media says, what your best friend says. You trust in God that what he said is true, even if everything, it goes against everything. You acknowledge him in all of your ways, your ways, your school, your job, your relationships, your, where you're going to live, your career, your, your, who you're going to date. You start to acknowledge him in that because your finances, your investments, because you have to make decisions in those areas anyways. You're going to make decisions anyways. So the best thing to do is say, Lord God, I, I just bring this before you right here. I thank you for wisdom. God, direct me. Tell me what to do right here. Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Should I go here or go there? Uh, and now I'm not saying, should, do I eat broccoli or cauliflower? And you're like, don't, don't get crazy, right? I, but maybe, you know, maybe God says, hey, you need more broccoli or whatever. I don't know. Um, but we don't, you know, we don't know what to do. Some people are thinking, January 1st, I'm going to start a diet. Well, Monday, we'll start on the second because Monday's coming. And, and you know, you're trying to work these things out. What do I do? You're, you're, you're looking for the best plan. If you go to the Lord about your health and your eating plan, you know what? He might, very, he might just say, pray and fast. And you're like, oh, okay, and then you're going to give me the answer? He said, no, that is your answer. You need to fast. <laughs> like, that might help or whatever. Like, that's me. I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just being transparent. Um, but nevertheless, here's the deal. God knows what you need to do. And when you go, you acknowledge him in every way, in all your ways, all your decisions, that you, you, you bring that before him, it says he will direct your paths. He'll tell you what to do. For 2017, God will tell you what to do. Proverbs 19, 119.105, and write these verses down in your journal, by the way. There's not a test at the end by me, but there might be a test by the devil. He might try to tempt you and tell you, yeah, do you think that stuff really worked? You go right back to the word. The things that you heard, you might write down something I say, but, but God will speak something to you that I'm not even saying. It didn't come out of my mouth, but you caught it. Proverbs 119.105 says, says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That was the first verse that was written down by my praying grandma who gave me a Bible uh, back in 1990-something, before I got saved, I finally read it later on, and I re- saw that verse there, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This now obviously was written before they had flashlight uh, apps on the iPhone and, and even real flashlights. And, and back in the day there, they could have a lantern in their hand, but they could also put something on their feet there, and little, little uh, you know, dangerous little, little lanterns or something, candles. And, and basically, the concept and the idea is, every time I take a step, it'll illuminate my path around me, and I'll know where to take the next step. And he said, David said, God, your word is like that to me. Your word tells me every step that I need to take, and it helps me to see where the steady ground is. And, oh, I was about to step in that. No, you know, I'm not going to get into that situation. Don't step over there. That's a trap. Well, it comes from God's word. Another psalm here goes on to say in verse 11, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. You know, when you get God's word on the inside of you, it'll keep you from trouble, Right? It'll keep you, it'll, it'll tell you, like, when you're about to do something, you're like, you sense on the inside, mm-mm, mm-mm. And uh, you ever do something, and later on, you're like, man, something told me 
not to do that. That's another name for God, something. God's other name is something, because something told you not to do that, and you did it anyways, right? That's the Lord. But your word I've hidden in my heart, I got it on the inside so that I, can, I, I, I don't dishonor you, Lord. Psalm 36, 9 says, for you, with you is the fountain of life, and in your light, I see light. And as you start to study the word of God and you just read the word, you're not going to understand everything. You're not going to get everything. It's not all going to stand out to you. It's not going to mean something. Not every bit of it is. But though it is light, as you're digging down on the, uh, on the inside of it, you're digging in, you're, you're pressing in, all of a sudden, oh, now I see that's kind of the image that he's given us. Man, I'm in the Word, but all of a sudden, the Word illuminated something to me. It, I got some, some revelation from God where, where I'm catching something through his Word about the situation I'm in. And though it was written to those people then, and it applied to their situation, God knew that you would be reading it later on, and he says, I have something to say to you about your situation through that. In your light, I see light from my situation. Well, Jesus is always uh, talking to us. And one of the biggest challenges that I think many believers struggle with and people who are really trying to follow God is, how do I hear God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? People talk about hearing God, and, and I really do believe that God's alive, and that he talks, but how do I hear his voice? And some people would even say, I don't, I don't know, I don't think I hear God's voice. I think you probably do. You just might not be as aware of it, sensitive to it. Um, I think God does, you, you do hear it, and you need to learn to, learn to understand and, 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 and listen. But I do know this. Even if you struggle hearing God's voice, God is talking to you. And you can hear his voice. You can hear the voice of the Lord. Jesus said this in John chapter 10. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Let me ask you, is Jesus a liar? Call him a liar right now to his face. Is he a liar? No, he's not a liar. You better hope he's not a liar. I, I don't believe he's a liar. I'm staking my eternity on what he said. So he also said, my sheep hear my voice. He's not a liar. That means that if I'm one of his sheep, <laughs> I can hear his voice and I will hear his voice. And he said, and I know him and they follow after me. They follow me. You can know the voice of the Lord and you can follow him. He's always speaking to us. The primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. What's already written? What's already contained right here? This is the primary way that God speaks. And he'll never say anything that contradicts this. He'll never say anything. If you hear somebody say, God is saying, God is saying, God is saying, but in the word, you're like, oh, God says the opposite. You need to know God's not saying. They may be just off course and trying to hear God and missing it, or they could just be, that could be just the voice of, of the deceiver. I don't know. You just need to know for you, right? And, and it goes back to the primary way God speaks is through his word. He's already said so much to us. The majority of major decisions in my life that I feel like, man, I nailed it. Like I, I made the right decision. I, I heard from the Lord. It typically happens after uh, 
I've spent time in the Word, and the Word of God right here comes to my mind and it speaks, I, I get something concerning my situation based on what I read. I'll talk to you a little bit about that process, but the way to hear God's voice, the way to even live our life as a believer is by his word, by his word. In Matthew chapter four, verse four, this is the time when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, and he had been fasting for 40 days. Now, I know that sounds like easy to say because it's in the Bible, he fasted for 40 days. But man, I go for like 45 minutes and I'm thinking, I need second breakfast right now. <laughs> and have you ever noticed, like, if you, you're busy and you don't have time to eat, you're a little hungry, but if you just say, I'm going to fast, I mean, by the time the words get out of your mouth, you're starving. Okay, so, so at the end of 40 days, Jesus is hungry as can be. And the devil comes to him and he says, hey, if you're really the son of God, then, then take those rocks right there and turn them into bread. But Jesus' response, as hungry as he was and as good as those rocks looked to eat, you know, at that time, after 40 days, he responded to him and he said, it is written, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He said, what's going to sustain me and fulfill me right now is not food, but I know it's the word of God. And, and, and he, he understands this, that the devil would try to get us to take shortcuts, but if we just stick with God and stick with his word, we're going to get to where God has called us to be. Our path will be illuminated. And when he brings this scripture out, what is Jesus doing? He's bringing light for his situation based on the light he's read earlier. He quotes that scripture, and it actually came from Deuteronomy chapter 8. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, God is talking about how he had led the children of Israel through the wilderness after he brought them out of Egypt, before they went into the land that was promised to them. And he said this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, Verse 3 said, so he humbled you, and he allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know. You didn't know it, your daddy didn't know it, but God's trying to make you know this. He wants you to know this, that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of of the Lord. God said, I brought you guys out of bondage, and in the meantime, in the wilderness, there's no Hardings, there's no Costco, there's no Walmart, there's no, you know, 7-Eleven or whatever. I mean, you can't get a Slurpee. There's nothing. There's no farms. There's, there's nobody bringing you food. You can't open the fridge and it falls out. You're out there, and God said, I'm allowing you to be in a place in your life to where you recognize... I am hungry, and I can't fix it. And it's when your hunger causes that understanding, it leads to humility. He said, I allowed you to hunger and I, so that I can humble you. Because when you humble yourself, that's when you say, God, I don't have it figured out. <clears throat> I don't know what to do. I don't know the solution. In and of myself, I don't have enough. And it causes us to look to God. And he says, he says, and then I fed you with something. I fed you with manna, which you did not know. 
It's, it's not of this world. It's nothing that you could have produced in your life. He said, your fathers didn't know it, but I want to make you know that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Uh, God said, I am bringing you to a place and I want you to rely on my word because it's going to require my word to sustain you and to provide you and to strengthen you and, in, and to enable you to get from where you're at now to where I have for you. But if you back away from my word and try and do it your own way, you're not going to make it. You won't lay hold of that for which God has laid hold of you. And notice he didn't say man doesn't live by bread alone, but also manna. No, God didn't need manna. He could have just said, you're full. He could, have do, he could do anything he wanted. The point wasn't the manna. The point was God's word comes to pass. God is faithful to his word. You can't trust God to do anything other than what his word said. You can't make him do something if he didn't say he's going to do it. But if he said he's going to do it, you just trust him to do it. And that's where you'll find the meaning for your life in 2017. That's where you'll find satisfaction. That's where you'll find the word. That's why I say, if I can help you do anything, I want to help you get into your word and learn how to read it and feed yourself from the presence of the Lord, the word of God daily, and take time to process that and write it down daily. You have the opportunity for 2017 to to spend every day with Jesus, spend every day in the word and miss nothing because you're here today. That's a good, that's a good thing, isn't it? And so I, the primary way God speaks to us is just when you simply read his word. But you know, when you do that, something spiritual happens. It goes beyond reading, and we engage with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. I'm so thankful that one of the, the primary ways that I'm still serving God 20, almost four years later, is because when I first gave my life to Jesus, I was taught to be to get into the Word, and so I started reading the Bible and reading, 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 and getting it on the inside. I didn't understand a lot, and I probably misunderstood a whole lot more than I understood, but I kept reading it. And then I was also filled with the Holy Spirit, and being filled with the Holy Spirit helped me and empowered me and strengthened me, and all of a sudden, I had this new relationship with the Lord that it was, it was like made new again, and I have this, this ability to engage with the Lord in a much deeper level. And so by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God, God, it strengthened me and, and, and equipped me and helped carry me to this point today. But let me look at a couple of scriptures with you, because there are hindrances to hearing God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Number one, if, here's a hindrance to hearing God. Are you one of his sheep? If you're not one of his sheep, you'll struggle hearing from the Lord. And so you want to know, am I born again? Uh, if you struggle knowing um, typically people who struggle knowing, they, they say things like, yeah, I don't know if I, like I've blown it. I've, I've made a lot of mistakes. I keep struggling with sin or whatever. Uh, chances are, if you don't know, and you think that it has to do with your good deeds, you may not be saved yet. Because when you, you don't have to understand the whole Bible, but you do need to understand how salvation works to receive it. In other words, if you think that there's anything you can do on your own to get yourself there, you're, you're missing it. There is zero that you can do. I don't care if you do everything right. You won't go to heaven because of that. I don't care if you did everything wrong. That, by the way, isn't what's keeping you out of heaven. Jesus has already paid the price. It's when you recognize, yeah, I have done things wrong, and, uh, and I am absolutely dependent on you. You've done it right. I'm trusting 100% in what you've done and 0% in what I have, haven't, or will, or will not do. 
I'm completely relying on you. Jesus, I'm placing my trust in you. That's when you enter into this salvation relationship. Second hindrance can be this. If there is some unresolved sin in our life, that'll plug up our ears. And so in, um, oh, in Psalm 66, 18, it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Other versions say, if I cherish it in my heart, if I hold on to sin in my heart, God's not going to hear. In other words, it's going to affect your prayer life. So if you want to hear from God, deal with the unresolved stuff. Why would God say something else to you if, he, if you haven't dealt with what he already said to you? Well, what do you mean? Okay, if there's an issue in your life, there's some like ongoing sin thing or, or whatever, ask God about it. God, do you want me to continue in this or not? The answer is going to be pretty much clear. I'll tell you what he's going to say just in case you're struggling. He's going to say, no, I want you free from that. I want you forgiven and free. Okay, so if you start asking about all this other stuff, why do you think he wants to move on in the conversation? Hey, let's deal with that real quick. Let me talk to you about that. And he'll get you free, and then it'll open the doors and, and, and you know, a little, little cl- uh, clean out the ears so you can hear. So that might be a hindrance. Another hindrance is the amount of distraction in our lives. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Now you think, why would God say that back then? Did they really have distractions back then? I mean, they didn't have electricity. We have phones, we have computers, we have tablets, we have Wi-Fi, we have radio, we have all the social media, we have all kinds of jobs, and we have transportation. We got all these things, all kinds of entertainment, all kinds of stuff to distract us. But the message from God has always been the same. Be still. It is so hard to be still in our life. Man, I put my computer down and I immediately check my phone. Go to the bathroom. Where's my phone? Got to have my phone just in case someone calls, just in case I want to text somebody, just in case I want to see what's happening in the news, the sports scores or whatever. Go to bed. Where's the phone? Plug it in right next to the bed. Last thing I see at night, first thing I see in the morning. Distracted. On the computer while I'm watching a show. At dinner with friends, we put our phones on the table. Why? Because someone might text, and then we start texting other people, or I just got to take care of this right now. Well, okay. Because this distraction is more important than my time with you. That's what we're saying. People at the dinner tables at home, they're on their phones. TV's on. All of those things are distractions. And I might know someone who's guilty of them talking to you right now. (laughs) It's easy to fall into it. Netflix, not wait for next week or next season. I'm waiting till several seasons are released at once and I'm going to watch them before work tomorrow, right? (laughs) All of these things are distractions And they keep us from hearing the voice of the Lord because we have so many other voices that we're hearing. It's really quiet in here because am I preaching to somebody? They're like, okay, pastor, move on. We get it. Hey, this is a lost art and practice for believers to simply not just put things on vibrate, but to turn them off, put them away, and to set apart time where I'm just going to be with God. And it's hard because all these other things enter in, don't they? And I'm thinking about the show. I'm thinking about the news. I'm thinking about my, uh, 
homework. I'm thinking about deadlines. I'm thinking about activities. I'm thinking about my budget. I'm thinking about all this stuff. I'm thinking about the games. You know, all those images come to your mind when you get still. And so we have to press on through that. Somehow we need to unplug from everything regularly, daily, and just open up the word and begin to read it, maybe softly read it out loud and pause at times and say, oh Lord, you did that for me. Thank you. Oh God, help me with this. Oh Lord, will you do that right there? And you just sit there and you rest and you just receive from him and you talk. Uh, A couple weeks back and earlier in the month, this has really started stirring on the inside of me, but even a couple weeks back as our kids were coming for Christmas break and vacation, normally that's the time it's like, hey, let's press in and to watch movies. And, and we do some of that too. But I really felt impressed that, man, we're getting ready for 2017. I need to hear from, from the Lord for me personally, for our family and for our church. And I know that we're casting vision and saying, God, what? And we want it to be God's vision. What do you say for the church? So I can't be distracted and have all these other voices on the inside of me that sound cool or, or exciting or fearful or anything like that. So I started to cut that stuff out, cut back on it, cut back on it. And uh, I went through my phone and I'm deleting all these apps that just suck my time up and, you know, the entertainment stuff. I'm de- deleting them off my iPod and my iPad, uh, iPad. Um, you know, just cutting this, this stuff out, uh, you know, got onto my podcasts and downloaded some, uh, this one preacher who I've listened to over the past 20 years of various times, who every time I listen to him, man, I come away believing God, yeah. believing that God's word is true. And I want more of Jesus when I listen to this guy. So I, I started putting that in my ears. I started pressing in, you know, there's, there's 260 chapters, 270 chapters of the, the New Testament. If you read about 16 chapters a day, you, you'll be able to read the whole New Testament at, twice in a month. And so I just said, decided I'm going to read the New Testament twice this month. I started reading it, pressing it in. And because I didn't have all that time watching shows, suddenly I had time for Jesus. And I was able to spend time reading the Word. You know, there's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. 1,189 chapters. If you read about 20 chapters a day, you could read the whole Bible um, a lot. And so... <laughs> Suddenly my math just lost. If you, you can read the whole Bible in about 60 days. Some of you think, that's so much, 20 chapters, that'd take forever. It takes anywhere from three to five minutes to read a chapter of the Bible. Three to five minutes for most of them, some a little longer, some even a little bit less. But, but do you have, if you read for about an hour to hour and 15 minutes, you think, I don't have time for that. Have you been watching any shows? Right? Well, they're only 45 minutes. Okay, read, you know, read 10 chapters a day. But if you have time for all this other stuff and you don't have time for Jesus, that's why you're having a hard time hearing from him. And if you can't hear the voice of the Lord, you're lost. You don't know what to do. You're, you're groping around like a blind man in this earth that God said, no, I'll illuminate your path for you. And so I know how tempting, and, and I have fallen into it time and time again, the distractions. But I'll tell you what, when I pulled back and I, I started spending more, more time in the word, and then I started putting the word in my ears and preaching and faithful preaching. You can listen to the Bible as well. I started doing that. I pulled out one of my books from 1940, Smith Wigglesworth, Ever Increasing Faith. Here's this guy who got saved older, older in life, later on in life. He was a plumber. And, and so he didn't grow up going to church, and no one taught him that God is dead. 
And so he just really believed that God's alive because he read it in the book. And he really believed that God still meant what he said. And so he just started going out and talking to people about God and praying for the sick and seeing him healed and people who are on their deathbed. And just he had the audacity to take God at his word and say, God, if you are really God and you said you'll do this, do it. And he did it. And time and time again, and I'm reading this stuff, and, and, and he's old school, but man, I'm reading it, and I'm thinking, I'm being built up in my faith right now. All of that leads up to a time where my wife and I set apart the whole day on this past Thursday. We came in here, and we just began to pray and read. And so now, when I'm here to say, God, I need you to speak to me, I'm not full of all this other stuff and saying, okay, now I just need you to speak, and then I'm going to go back to my life. But we have aligned our lives and saying, God, I've, I've filled up my faith. I've built my faith. And now I'm ready to hear your word. I'm ready for the Holy Spirit to speak what the word has been sown in my heart. And this gets to my second and, and, and last part I'm closing with here is not only does God speak through his word, but he speaks his word through his spirit. In John 14, 26, Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit. Are you getting anything out of this yet? He said this, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So you got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with. His job is to teach you and to remind you of what Jesus said. So you can't be reminded of something that you never knew in the first place. And so that's why it's so valuable just to put the word in your heart and read it and read it. Because there'll be times where, God, I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be a scripture that comes to your mind of, you know that one time when those one people did that one thing and this happened? Well, this is different where I'm at right now, but somehow I sense that it applies. Well, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit reminding you of what was said already. And then all of a sudden, okay, God, so what do I do with that? And he'll tell you, he'll teach you, he'll instruct you. It's very simple how the Holy Spirit works. In John 16, Jesus goes on to say, in verse 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. What's he going to do? He's going to guide you, right? He's going to give you that, mm. there's been times, in fact, my wife and I, we had a major decision to make back in, in the fall of last year, uh, which was yesterday and last year. Um, and so, man, there was excitement about it, but there was something on the inside that just wasn't setting right. Well, what's happening is the Holy Spirit on the inside saying, Mm-mm. there's a check on the inside and it's excited and much as we thought this could be a good thing, there's something on the inside that just said, no, no. And when we made the decision said, no, man, then the peace of God just flooded and oh, I feel so much better. But then he goes on to say, and whatever he hears, or he says, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Is Jesus a liar? How about the rest of y'all? All right, if you haven't decided yet, make up your mind. Whatever he hears, he will speak. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. And so if you're feeling like, oh, I'm struggling to hear God, um, know this, that he's struggling to get you to hear him. He's like working, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying. There was a time the prophet Elijah wanted to see God and hear from him, and so God put him you know, inside of a cave, and I won't tell the details all right, uh, but here's the basic idea, is that God said, I'm, I'm going to pass by you, my glory is going to pass by you here, and, and outside, 
He heard an earthquake, the shaking, the rumbling, all kinds of commotion. The Bible says, but the Lord wasn't in that. And then there is like the, the great wind and blowing, and then and the Lord wasn't in that. And then there was something else, and I forgot what it was, but the Lord wasn't in that. But then suddenly, a still small voice came, and God, it was the voice of the Lord. And it was something that's just gentle. And you have to get past the distractions, you have to calm yourself, and you have to go to listen, listen. That's the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And he said this, I'll take of what is mine and I'll declare it to you. All that the Father has are mine. And, uh, uh, and therefore I said that he will take of mine and I'll declare it to you. Everything that Jesus has, he said, I got it from the Father. It all belongs to me. But everything that I have, the Holy Spirit wants to give to you. He's going to declare it to you. He's going to reveal it to you. He's going to speak to you. So the Lord wants to speak to you and you can hear God's voice. And I think for some of us, it may be Lord, I just I, I give you my life right now. Others, God, cleanse me, forgive me. Others of us, man, I don't want to go on, start deleting stuff and, and cutting out. You know, I love it when people announce on Facebook, I'm not going to be on Facebook for X amount of days. And like they're checking a little bit later. Well, you know, I'm back. <laughs> it's tempting. It's hard. You know, it's hard. I only stalk people on Facebook. I don't really like use it. Use it. Occasionally, I'll get on there and do something, but I just like to be nosy. Um, but here's the deal. You can hear from God every day this year. And it starts with today. You've already heard him, but opening up your word and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And throughout the day, just talk to him and, and listen. listen.